from Martinique and Trinidad and Tobago. A couple of them confronted my father one evening to set the record straight that they weren't Dominicans. We're West Indians, they said. Tell your kids that. My father came home confused by the entire interaction. But later, my mom and I figured they must have been referring to those asshole Korean kids who lived a little ways down from us and hung around outside their apartments wearing baseball caps with a bill unbent and pants that sagged around their knees, calling out whatever pitiful insults they could think of. Once, when I was walking home from the bus stop, they yelled, Yo, it's the rape of Nanking! It's really the rape of Nanking! As if yelling out the name of a terrible war crime had the ability to scare me when I was nine and had been loved my entire life by parents who vowed daily to spend their whole lives protecting me. And though in 1992, it was true that I was a small, unexceptional thing. One thing I never was, was scared. Those Korean kids were goons who were going to end up dead or incarcerated or dead one day. And my parents and I loathed them and loathed being confused or associated with them just because to everyone else in our neighborhood, we were the same. The Martinicans and the Trinidadians were the kind of people who acted like their homeland would always form a small, missing, and necessary bone in their bodies that caused them ghostly aches for as long as they were alive and away from home. And it bothered me how they clung to their pasts and acted like bygone times were better than what was happening in the here and now. They were always having cookouts in the summer and dressing in bright colors as if our streets were lined with coconut-bearing palm trees and not trash and cigarette butts and spilled food. Eventually, though, I came to admire them greatly, especially the women because they had such enviable asses, which caused their belts to dip into a stretched-out V right at the spot where their cheeks met. And I used to follow that V with my eyes, and so did the men, who apparently never got bored of seeing it either. My mom had no such ass, but commanded attention anyway. The men on our block liked to stare at my mom whenever she walked past. Fixed, long, concentrated gazes. Maybe it was because her hair was so straight and long and fell down her back like heavy curtains, and she had skin so white that it reminded me of vanilla ice cream. That was why I drew little cones all over her arms, which she let me do because my mom let me do anything as long as it made me happy. What makes you happy? makes mommy happy, she would always say to me, sometimes in Chinese, which I wasn't so good at. But I tried for her and for my father. And when I couldn't, I would answer them in English, which I also wasn't so good at. But it was understood that while I could still improve in either language, my parents could not. They were on a road to nowhere. The wall was right up against them. So it was up to me to get really good. It was up to me to shine, and that scared me because I wanted to stay behind with them. I didn't want to go any further than they could go. Sometimes I would forget what I was supposed to say after she said something like that, and I would say the wrong thing, like, And what makes me happy is eating ice cream. Mrs. Lancaster can go suck it. Who cares if I don't show the work? I still got all the right answers. She's a tool, Mom. Sour girl, my mom said. If your teacher asks you to show work, then show the work. Can't you speak any more without using ugly words? 
And I take it that what makes your mommy happy doesn't make you happy. Am I right, Sowers? No, I said. I'm sorry. I meant what makes you happy makes me happy, too. I just forgot to say it. It embarrassed me whenever my mom or my dad trumped me, although it was never on purpose, with how thoughtful they were, and by comparison, how thoughtless and selfish I had been in only thinking of myself when it seemed like every second of every day my parents were planning to undergo yet another sacrifice to make our lives that much better. And no matter how diligently I tried to keep up, there was always so much that was indiscernible. It was so hard to keep track of every detail, like how my parents shared the same pair of dress shoes, alternating their schedules so my father could wear them during the day and my mother at night, even though they were four sizes too big for her. And that was why...